What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Women Effect Show presented by Winject Studios. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. Really excited and blessed to have you here for the first time. The outcome of this show is to inspire and help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How I go about achieving this is with my philosophy, one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, and that only leads to you adopt the proper behaviors that will take you to another level of thinking. I could not pick a better way to end season four and to celebrate the 100th episode of The Win-Win Effect with speaking with the alpha hippie himself, Mr. Angelo Sisko. Over 20 years ago, he was involved in a hit-and-run motorcycle accident that changed his life forever. And in that instant, he went from being an inspired, motivated 20-year-old entrepreneur to someone to fight to save his leg and his way of life. Allow me to paint the picture for you to really grasp this situation. Think about going through eight surgeries, laying in a bed for two months in a hospital, and then doing daily rehab for five to eight months, then receiving some encouraging news from doctors that any athletics is permanently out of the question. Would you fall into a deep depression? And let's be real, just about anybody would. And you're about to figure out how he's able to climb out of that depression to be able to manifest the life of his dreams. Lastly, text us at 843-396-2104 and let us know how you felt about today's episode. Stand by for a quick message and let's have some fun. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there. The Alpha Hippie himself, Mr. Angelo. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Chris, I'm so happy to be here, brother. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. I'm having a blast. I'm having a blast already. We were getting to the point to where we were having a you know sidebar conversation, and I guess we could call it green room right before we hit record on this thing. But it's just going to be so much fun having a conversation with you. I've been looking forward to you know, really chopping it up and getting to your story because the story is just amazing. Um, but the end result... The next couple of chapters is the most exciting to me, I believe. I'm, I get a lot, I'm going on a lot of interviews. You got your own show. I got my own show. We go on all these other shows just because of what we do in the podcast community. We're always pouring in and giving back and, you know, trying to help out as much people as possible. When we go on other shows, they always want to hear all the pain points and all the things you overcome. Well, I like to really dig into, I know what's happened. I know you've already been there. You've re, you've relived. I don't want you to relive all the information. Let's talk about that focal point and that, that, peace that gave you all the things that you needed and you realized that I have everything I have ever needed in my life for me to show up and do it the right way. And I'm going to take action now. So let's yeah. lead in with that. Right. So let's go back into the story just a little bit, uh, but guess a gift, I guess you would say to give the listeners a little bit more context on who you are, what you're about, and then we'll go right in and we'll lean into this. Sure, bro. And, uh, oh, great. And, uh, 
Yeah, so my name is Angelo Cisco. I'm the CEO and founder of Alpha Hippie. And uh, Alpha Hippie is a movement that that is actually began at the birth of my self-actualization or self-development journey. And it's all about helping men turn pro. It's mm-hmm. the best, you know, if, if anyone really just were sitting at a bar striking up a, you know, a cig and having a cocktail, you know, it's just <laughs> uh, helping men turn pro. And oftentimes uh, we turn pro in our business life and that's amazing, but why can't we just be professional men, men mm-hmm. of duty, responsibility? We we reject playing small, and we show up at our very best and answer the call to be the hero more than we miss the call. Mm. That's powerful. It probably seems for me, just by the way that you explained that, and I, and I 100% agree And I, from other conversations that we've had. It, that's that that goes to everything that I talk about. I mean, being a professional for yourself, I like the way that you you delivered that. And that goes probably to the initial question of the moment when you decided to make that shift and show up and be a professional of you. Like you control you, but you have to one be aware and then accept where you are and all the things have happened and making peace with that, then you can go into the action and accountability and moving forward, moving forward. But what was the deciding factor for you and said, all right, enough's enough. Ooh, great. Uh, so I must say in, uh, I was 20 years old. I was in a motorcycle accident. I was hit by a landscaping truck. I was in the hospital for two months, uh, rehab for five months. I mean, you can only imagine I was hit by a landscaping truck, a lot going on there. And, uh, from there, I gained a lot of weight, fell into a depression. I was in my early 20s, and everything about my life that I thought was going to happen was not there. Um, My father was in prison for 11 years from when I was 5 till I was 16. My parents stayed married throughout that entire time. So my dad missed all the 90s, and I'm from Chicago. My dad missed all the bulls. Poor guy. All right, mm-hmm. so just put that in that's the That's such a great, yeah, that's such a yeah, great decade. I mean, <laughs> right, dude? I mean, I was, you know, that was our backyard. Anyways, so my parents stayed married that whole time. I was in that accident. Then my parents wound up getting divorced, which at that time I was not able to fully understand what that would be like to not be with your partner for 11 years. And that was a part of my identity that I had, that my family stayed together. So I gained weight. I was from the hospital there. I thought I was going to go to college. I missed seven months of college that I didn't even know I was there for. All those different kind of things that I thought my life was going to be like was completely uh, shooken up. In 2008, I watched the movie 300, uh, which many men did. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was immediately enamored by how many men in that movie looked like they were in amazing, great shape. But not so much just like these muscular dudes. They were agile and versatile. And I stumbled upon this uh, uh, doing research on them that they trained at a gym called Jim Jones out of Utah, did some deeper research and found out that Jim Jones was a part of this thing called CrossFit. Mm 
Find CrossFit January fifth, two thousand and nine. I'm a resolution. I'm a resolution <laughs> kid, you know, not going back. And uh, I started doing it on my own. I lost ninety five pounds in seven months. Beautiful. The first day was the day that I really uh, sewed this into me. And this is what I imagine your your point is. The first day I did a workout test like as a baseline. And uh, it was a big workout. And then you had to do one minute of burpees at the end. I was 300 pounds. I have 10 screws in a plate in my left foot, uh, my ankle. And so I was so out of shape, so poorly done i did three burpees that final minute and i walked home and i cried the entire time and i promised myself that i was gonna do this for me Mm. that i was gonna show up tomorrow for me and do whatever i had on this little workout plan that i found and that it was only for me and not for to make my father proud or to get chicks or whatever, you know, whatever that was. And that created a resolve inside of me after that cry that was just incredible. And I lost 95 pounds in seven months, uh, completely changed my life. And it was the most inspiring time of my life. And, uh, or at least that I can remember in my adulthood life. And, uh, from there i my whole life changed i spent the whole 2010s embodying this crossfit identity i've i really uh, i tell people all the time i smoked my crossfit identity to the filter i brought people to the crossfit wow. games i opened up multiple affiliates yeah, you're all in yeah. you're all in traveled the world did the whole thing seminars in africa consulted over 500 gyms and then And midway through that, I started really understanding that I was the limiter of all these other things to continue to grow. And that began my self-actualization journey deeper into inner work. And that was the birthplace of Alpha Hippie. And now I moved to California. My full focus is Alpha Hippie. Uh, I moved there last year with my family and uh, I... uh, I no longer, you know, I'm in my CrossFit identity. I'm full-blown alpha hippie, and it uh, feels absolutely amazing now to lead this next level uh, or next chapter of my life, being 100%. family man and all that. Yeah, that. thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm trying to take it all in because there's so much there for the listeners to learn something from. But I want to I go back to one area of what you just said. You mentioned that you did three burpees and you cried all the way home. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and this is something that I think a lot of people don't really expand on. I'm not going to go into the pain of you and releasing that emotion the way you did, but you said that you wanted to do it for you, not for anybody else. Doing it for you, expand on that a little bit more. Yeah, doing uh, oftentimes when I hear people, or even for me, what it really felt like is I was inspired, not motivated. That's the best way I could say it, that there was something pulling me towards this. I wasn't wow. pushing to do it. Right. That, that you, you, re- you sound like to me, you surrendered. 
You yes. surrendered to your old self, but you gave yourself permission to love yourself enough to do it for you. Yes. That's the missing ingredient. When you, some people, when I just, I think that it's just the way that we were raised in a society and, and the stigma on men, you know, being strong, you know, and not showing vulnerability and, and not using that, like as in that weakness or viewing crying or shedding that as weakness. When you're crying or when you're releasing that emotion, you're, you're releasing it. So you're not hurting yourself anymore. Yes. And that's the healing process. But the more that you're doing that, just like working out, the more that you're doing the right things, good things will eventually happen. It's not going to happen overnight. But when you said, I'm going to show it for myself tomorrow and I love myself and I'm going to do it for myself, that was the that was the trigger where you can't go back and you can't give up on yourself anymore. Yes. And also, too, uh, to add to that is when you feel that way, nothing's a sacrifice it's a pleasure right and that's a whole different that's a whole different piece so you don't have to do it you know you get you get to do it and you're looking at it and being grateful for and that's what you're doing now you changed the cycle you broke the cycle now you're doing it in a way of it starts to what it seems to me and i don't know this is your experience your your story but it seems like to me that would be a way of putting the good out into the world and putting the you know putting that positive energy out only because you're releasing the negative part. So it's only going, that's the first pivotal point for you to start pouring and recycling good, positive energy into yourself. And once you start feeling that you can release that tension and release it in other ways of working out. That's the, it's the cheapest form of therapy. For go, sure. go ride a bike for about 45 minutes at a very high pace. You know, I can, I can do up downs for, you know, 15 minutes and throw up in a trash can and it's going to change my emotional state. For sure. It, it's going to move some energy. No doubt. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure, man. But you know what? The, the most unhappy I've ever been in my life is where I compromise my standards of the way on my health. Yes. Like we are as men and we're as women as well. We're vessels of doing God's work. Right. And through me, he's I'm doing his work if it's positive. So he brings me positive things and great things in my life by me making the right decisions and choices every day. But the first one is me giving myself permission to I get to do what I do. I don't have to do it. That's yeah. a whole different way. And that and it sounds like to me, you you going through that and you seeing that impact that you're just making your life in a positive way, you can't go back now. Oh, no way. And uh, what's amazing about that is uh, you wouldn't want to, number one. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, too, to what you were saying is oftentimes, uh, especially when I'm working with men, the first thing that we look at is their language. And Ooh. I call it pressure words, or when I really want to get under someone's skin, I call them daddy words. And so... If you have to, need to, must, gotta, you got a daddy. You get to, you're grateful, or if you choose to, you command. You either want to get to or choose to. If you have to, got to, need to, must, your daddy's telling you what to do. You're a slave. Oh, you're wow. not in control, right? And that's the first thing is how much of my life would become get-to's 
and choose to's versus mm -hmm. being all those other ones. Because when you get to do anything, choose to do anything, you are empowered or grateful or empowered. The other ones, daddy's telling you what to do. Yeah, you're you're recreating your own misery or own trauma. Mm -hmm. If you, you feel like you have to do certain things to get you to where you are or whatever, you're reactive, you're not proactive. And being reactive in any situation is not a good feeling. Um, it, yes. it, you can easily, especially even in entrepreneurship, you know, if you're reactive as an entrepreneur or a business owner, then you're always going to be in a status quo or be at that wherever you are. You're never going to get to another level unless you start changing some of the behaviors on how... Um, this is a great book. It was written a long time ago. It's not the games people play. Derek, Eric Byrne is the other one. Um, the what got you here won't get you there. Same yes. thing. You got to do. You have to have a different approach. You don't. You don't forget all this other stuff. You're just going to a different level. Yes. That's all it is. Like so, in order to pour things back more in, you have to pour things out. And how you pour out is through your community, or you pour out into other individuals. And sharing your knowledge, sharing of what has helped you and inspired you. You touched on that word. Like motivation is fairy dust. Like when yes. people go, Chris, you're a great motivational speaker. One, I'm not a speaker, <laughs> right? right? Two, I don't do anything. If I what I say is motivating to you, great. But it shouldn't motivate you. It should inspire you. Yes. That's a different, you're, that's, your, that's the way that you receive it. And if you're receiving it as motivation, that means I'm not doing my job. And I'm going to turn it up a couple notches. Right? No, I dig uh, that. Right. I dig it 1,000%. To me, uh, if anyone wants to know if they're motivated or, or inspired, when you're inspired, you have no problem saying no. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? When you're motivated, you still want to people please. And you may say yes to things, but when you're inspired, saying no to uh, hanging out too late, right? there's no no sacrifice, no problem. Everything is yes to whatever you're inspired to. To me, those are the two biggest distinctions. I like that. Um, you mentioned you obviously when you left, you're traveling the world doing your CrossFit and you're all into it and you poured into and it opened up probably – another area into your mind of what's possible because you're living in an abundant lifestyle, not just living, believing in abundance, you're living an abundant lifestyle. So when you're attracting those positive things, you're starting to think a little differently, starting to move a little differently. Some of the, you mentioned, and I love that you said that the, one of the first things and first approaches, what you do with your men in your community is you pay attention to the words that they use. Yes. That's powerful unconsciously unconsciously they don't know what the words are using yeah oftentimes we are a product of spells and stories that aren't <laughs> ours yeah and right? they're probably untrue and they're, and they're delivered to you untrue well here's the thing I only think my name's Angelo because a bunch of people called me Angelo for a long time mm-hmm so, you know, the question of something in our past actually being true that we must cling to is complete shit. It's all 
right? And so you might as well make up stories and situations where you get the glory versus not. Because we are just a, our reality is shaped and our lens is shaped by the stories that we believe are true. You got to change the narrative. Change the narrative. That's it. You change you change the narrative. You start changing your neurology. You start changing the chemistry in your mind, and that when those molecules and those neurons start to fire and wire, you can start rewiring everything. Yes, and that doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, but you have to be tuned into that frequency to be able to get those to wire together. And when you start wiring together, you start. And this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, just for the listeners. When you start to feel a different way, and you go. I don't want to, I don't want to do this shit no more, man. I don't want to do this. I don't want you now you're wired differently. So yeah. your intuition is speaking to you. Pay attention to that calm voice because that's telling you that's your beacon light. This guiding is supposed to guide you to your true purpose in life and what you're destined to do. Like, and I'm sure, and I'm going to ask you this question because I know that we have similar ways of looking at life, especially to men. Um, and I, I don't want to say a bad word, but I want to say fuck it. It's my show anyway, right? So yeah. uh, it's I, you got bitch motherfuckers, right? And they're they were raised by bitch dudes and bitch people in certain certain situations. And I use the word bitch not in a in a derogatory of saying it in like a female type of thing. They're bitching out on themselves. That's what I mean. Yes. They're punking themselves. And what tends to happen? They're playing too small in their own mind. And someone in life. At some point, maybe they watched a movie. I don't know. They It made it okay for them to punk out. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's the, how do you go about getting their attention and making them realize that that's not what they're destined to do? And there is a different way of going about it. How do you go about trying to communicate that message? Yeah, that's it's so important. So this is what I focus on first, Chris, when when a man comes uh, to us is understanding first and foremost what energy frequency they are dominant in. And what okay. I mean by that is there's masculine and feminine, right? The the masculine energy, and uh, these uh, these are part of both both humans, right? There is masculine and there's feminine, and even though they sound boy and girl, people are dominant in different frequencies. And so, a more masculine dominant man is usually more consumed with advancement, doing, and all that that sort of thing. A feminine dominant person is someone that's more of a feeler first, right? It's 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 that way. Think feminine is inward, masculine is outward. And so when someone comes to me first, I do my very best to determine what frequency they're at by their language, by their action, by their interaction, how they describe their world. And I immediately shift my frequency to meet them where they are. I love like that. A, like a really good buddy. And then the work, 98% of the time, is to get the feminine energy guy to be have access his inner masculine, his killer. Right. And to get the masculine dominant side to get to his artist or creator. Mm-hmm. And once they are in harmony with that, you are in your divine masculine. Right. That is, that's the goal. I want to be fluid 
in both frequencies. I want to know that I could paint and do all those things and create, and at the same time, I could kill, right? We want lion and lamb, not all lion, because then I'm a pillager, not yes. all lamb, because then I'll get conquered. I'm not doing nothing. I love that you said that. It's like turning it on and turning it off, but you knowing when when the other energy, whatever that might be, the other agent it's coming from, you you're you're cool with being both. Like it doesn't really matter. Like I, we can go and just say uh, it was in a song one time, and it's like we can take this any place you want to take it to because I'm cool with taking it both. Yes, but you can choose. You you choose, and but I'm not going to sh I'm not going to allow my ego to get involved. To meet him, I will only match you where you currently are when it's to my standards and it's to what I'm trying to accomplish with you. And if it's if I feel it's going to be received with the truest intentions in my heart, but with my ego, me trying to match you where you are, and if it's a negative thing and it doesn't serve me, then I don't. You there's there's nothing going to penetrate my internal dialogue, bro. Right. There's boundaries there. I protect my energy and I know when to turn it on. And I know when to turn it off. Right. So I, what I do when I usually turn things off in that way, it's like, you're not ready for me. Totally. You're just not ready yet. I'm going to get you there, but you got to do X, Y, Z. And then I know you're caught up in your emotions right now. You're triggered a certain part of the chemistry in your brain. And I get it. You don't know that you either have other options that you can take right now. But when they take it up a couple notches from the way that I just handled that, they're going to, that's going to calm their self down and the masculine energy is going to calm them down and they're going to submit mm -hmm. because they know that that's a higher frequency on the other end. And they're like, well, maybe this guy might know something I don't know. And that's, that's what I mean by changing the narrative. Yes. When you change that narrative, you change the story, you change the experience. Now he got a different experience by the way that I handled that situation. So now I'm rechanging everything for them. And they go, I like this dude. You know, you get these people and go, I don't know why I like that guy, but I like that guy. You know? Yep. That's where it comes from. 1,000%, so. brother. You couldn't have said any better. It's just meeting them where they're at, where their language is, and then shifting them. You know, just like before we got on is uh, I meet you where you're at, and I'm here to lead the dance because mm – -hmm. And also, too, to take a step back, the person that could access and self-govern their own energy is what makes the leader the leader. Yes. Right? That's first and foremost. If anyone wants to know, just boom. That person knows how to be in and out of them and also sense when they are being maybe too dominant one or the other. Oh, 100%. And they That's could a high emotional intelligence. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then what they're able then to do, like me and you and all these other people, is take them in, meet them where they're at. And like we talked about with podcasting or with dancing, it's like this. When, when you lead a dance, your job is to obviously do the dance. But first thing is, is to be in tune with the music. The second thing is, is your job is to make your partner feel and look the most beautiful. That's why in most popular dances, the men lead the dance. So my job is, I, I know how to dance bachata. So when I dance bachata uh, with my wife. Puerto, are I, you Puerto Rican? 
No, I, a, a funny story I'll get into. In okay, yeah, sorry. Okay. No, no. So I dance bachata. The first thing I do is I start hearing the song, hearing the beat, and then all of a sudden I'm taking my wife through it. And throughout the song, my goal is to know the beat and then yet help my wife trust, surrender, and open up and be this most beautiful thing. That's why most women twirl more than men, because my goal is to show off the beauty. And yeah. so it's the same thing that way. The reason so why I, I said that, I know you're Italian. Uh, I know you're Italian, but I yeah. didn't know I didn't know that you had maybe some Puerto Rican in your family or something, or you maybe potentially your wife is Puerto Rican. But that's um, I know the dance. Um, yeah. because a buddy of mine, when I was in the military, oh, cool. he's from Puerto Rico and it, I used to, I used to always make jokes. It's like, he would be playing it. This is back in the day when they had CDs. And I'm showing my age right now. He's like, I'm listening to bachata, you know? And I was like, oh man, this is great music. So they would great. obviously, um, the, they would always have, you know, parties and, and whatnot I would go to. And of course, you know, those parties are different. You go to that party. It's just like the same thing. Um, like something you go to a party in Mexico, these fuckers are partying all night. I'm like, I want to go home, <laughs> no, and they're dude. dancing the whole night, man. I was like, You're dancing the whole night. night, like, you're not sitting down, there's no furniture in the living room at all. You all you're doing is dancing. I was like, I want to go home, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Clear out a basement real quick, dude. There's only you know, standing against the wall. No, uh, my wife, uh, I'm all Italian, uh, Italian American by culture and all that. Uh, my wife is of Hispanic uh, Mexican um, descent and and, uh, I was tired of being you know we would go to her parties or her friends parties and I'll be straight with you bro I was tired of just being the guy that my wife is Latin she knows the dances and I'm just that goofy white dude clicking his heels hoping to stay Uh with it so I took two months of bachata dance lessons on my own one day we showed up or it was my birthday and we went out with my wife and at first we went on the floor and i acted like i didn't know what i was doing but meanwhile i had some dancing with the stars type of shit and i said hey let me really try this one i think i got it and i just started twirling her and moving around and then we started taking. i got our attention i bet you that was the best birthday you had yeah oh (laughs) i got our attention that's yeah, you should flip the script, you change the narrative that goes right back to it, right? So, remember that movie? Um, I thought of I, I got a vision of well, a visualization of the movie, um, something Polly, Polly, something along came Polly with Ben Stiller when he was dancing with Jen. He went and took those lessons, <laughs> he did the same type of yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it popped in my head, anyways. Yeah, but was, I love this conversation, incredible. yeah. And but so, that's it's taking, how control, I look at- taking control of the situation. It goes mm-hmm. back to, I'm tired of this, whatever's happening. I want to not impress my wife. I want to be more connected to my wife. Yes. How has that changed your relationship, this radical transformation you have actually encountered? Uh, with my wife or just in yes. life? It, well, yeah, we'll, we'll start with wife and then we'll go in general. You know, once you're able to have one great heroic moment, uh, or for me, like losing that weight, I built a trust and resolve in myself that I could do anything if I, when I put it to my brain. And for me, uh, what I really love is instilling in my wife that she chose the right man 
mm-hmm. and the man that she could trust to deliver at anything at any time, that there is no limitation on what I'm able to do. I'm, uh, I don't, uh, in my personal relationship with my wife, I don't want to be respected and accepted. I wanted to hurt lust for me. I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I want my wife to salivate. I mean, we, we all, we all right? want our, our <laughs> significant others to lust for the, uh, you know, us as an individual. I mean, everybody wants to be wanted. You know what I mean? So, and feel like they're wanted on that type of level. Yes. You know what I mean? So, and if you're not, then that's a basic human need that you're not getting. And you're going to end up doing something else to get that need. And you're unaligned. So please go on. I love this. Yeah. And so if that's the kind of love that I want from my wife, what do I need to do to get it? Because you don't, you don't. You the only the only kind of, you know, just open love you get is from for me from your mom from that unconditional mother love. But everything else after that is conditional love. 100%. Or, you know, I was you know how I look at it. And so, if I want this type of love for my wife, this lust, after years of being married to her, after decades of knowing her, well, what what are some things that I could do? I don't know. I could show up as a bachatero one day, and she may not know, and that'll be a fantasy with the gods for the rest of our lives. And so I just, I'm in a constant state of looking at how can I take full responsibility for what I'm doing? What must I get better at so I could show up and get the put myself in the position to get the best um, outcome of my, that I am searching for. And then I trust myself enough because God damn it. I lost a hundred pounds in seven months. I could do anything. Right. And then you just go do it. Right. You have to, and I love this man. Um, and all the other relationships in your life, not just in, including the wife. So, yes. And I'm pretty sure in, and I'm, I, I probably could share something similar to this in the way that I felt when I made that shift in my mind that I can do anything. That you're now raising your frequency, your your, your aura is changing. So you're showing up differently and you're going to diff- get a different turn because they're feeling something different from you. Like yes. you've done, have you ever, you ever, you've probably seen this a lot with your, your, um, um, your community and the people that you serve. You start seeing a different, you know, walking a little bit more confidently talking a little bit more confidently, controlling themselves and and really taking and bottling their energy and transferring it positively only, when you start seeing a huge change, it, it doesn't come by the way they look, but you'll start shedding that comes later, but it comes from here. And then you start seeing the behaviors and the way that they would go about doing things. How much are you, how much did, did you kind of experience that with other people looking at you differently I and mean, feeling like something like Angelo's on to something? I don't know what's going on. Like you're, what have you been doing, man? You've been working out. Yeah, I've been working out, but it's here. Yeah. I'm here. And I love it. Go ahead, please. I love I would love to hear you answering this. The first two things that we teach in our program is how to stand and the language. Literally, like those are the first two concepts is how how can a, a man stand to be in his most stable, open, and, and confident posture? 
and then also to then how can we start getting you to speak and construct your language then so that actually this shift is going to be embodied completely because for me uh, the the backbone framework of what all we do is identity alchemism so if i have an outcome the most important thing for me to do to get that outcome is not to do is to be the person that could do the outcome same freaking mess swear i love this go ahead please Right. So if I lose 100 pounds, I may have gotten the outcome. But if I still identify as a fat person, I gain back 150. If I win the lottery and I identify as a poor person, I'm broke within six months. I don't care how much money you make. And right. so that's this identity of identity alchemism. So great. We have an outcome we want to achieve. Wonderful. Now, how would that person think? How would that person speak? How would that person stand? What type of actions would they do? What type of actions would they do consistently? Because now All you have right. their habits. And then you go and do because it's who you be. Because you only do what you believe, not right. what you think. Mm -hmm. And that's wow. really the basis for all of what we teach and do. What when you... When you were making that shift and from, you know, you traveling the world with CrossFit and you come to the idea of developing this type of community and whom you wanted to speak to and serve, you got really pinpointed, it sounded like. Yes. Like on who you wanted to help. Like, I know exactly who I'm going to help because that's my zone of genius. Yes. There was no, oh, I'm going to try to sell to the masses or I'm trying to serve the masses. You knew exactly who you're going after and why. Yes. Did that, does that something that just, that, that just came to you or is that something that you learned through somebody else or was it you learned through indirectly by your own, I guess, growth? My own growth. I'll be straight up with you, Chris. Okay, got it. Nothing pisses me off and gets me more angry when a man doesn't show up with duty and responsibility. Right. And then I said, okay, I could go around bullying and belittling these people or just talking shit about them or I could be part of the solution. And so nice. Alpha Hippie is the solution to what I see as my biggest frustration. And I would imagine that, you know, you, you may say I'm crazy, but I'm not the only one. Right. Oh, no, and so no. Here it goes. you can, you can't fight, you can't fight, fight. Well, hate with hate. Okay. You're only now setting the stage for a negative outcome. Correct. You know what I mean? So when you're putting, I guess you would say, excuse me, I got something in my eye. When I got, when you're choosing to talk shit about somebody, you're now taking your energy to in to waste. You're wasting your own energy on something negative. You're going to recreate the same bullshit. So what tends to happen when you got bitch motherfuckers that talk about you behind your back and are two faced? I look at them as bitch made motherfuckers. And I'm being real and I'm, I'm, I'm not, excuse the language. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how I speak to bitch-made motherfuckers. I, I'm very passionate about it, and I can't stand someone to say something to me and then go behind my back, and I don't know if I don't hear it. So yeah. easily what I could do is I could go and, uh, and pull the individual to the side and have an, a conversation, but is that really going to help? Yeah. Is it really going to help? It depends on the individual. But... If you go and try to look for a confrontation, you're going to get a confrontation. That's it. 
So I would much rather not lower my standards and lower my self-worth in the way that I look at myself to meet them where they are. I told you, and I just mentioned it on a negative side. I'm going to just allow myself and elevate, pray for them, because I hope that they find whatever they're looking for, the void, to fill the void of them being a bitch-made motherfucker, okay? And whatever that might be, and just hope, and just put out positive vibes and intentions and hope they figure the fuck out. But I'll never allow them to get to around me ever again because that's my choice right. to, be able to, to be able to put my name in their mouth ever again. Yeah, there's a... Uh... You want to solve it, you can't oppose it. And, I love that. Yep. Right? And that's huge, you know? And also, too, there is a certain people that may not be on that wavelength and all that. And that's why setting and keeping healthy boundaries is really is, is really important. And saying it and owning it and, you know, helping people if they may forget it at times, you know, what right. those boundaries are and being patient and giving grace because we all are human and, you know, we we may do things we may not realize and that's also there too. Right. Okay, so the first step, having uh, teaching them how to stand in, in, in their most comfortable way and, and po the posture, teaching yes. them the vocabulary and what they're actually saying and why they're not saying certain things and start peeling back the layers. Like once they start walking differently and speaking differently, like it sounds like to me that that's where the other part of the hard work comes in and setting those boundaries and giving them the right tools. So not to fall back mm -hmm. into that. You mentioned um, if I won the lottery, I'm going to end up being broke because this is broken, right? So yes. I have, I'm not going to get a positive return to having negative behaviors or something that's not going to serve me. Like what's the next step after that with your, your program? Yeah, sure. So what I really do first is I look at the, I have two distinctions, right? There's self-esteem and then there's confidence, self-confidence. Self-esteem is what I call belief in yourself or the reputation you keep for yourself. That's mm. first and foremost. There has to be a self-esteem where you know, like, love, and trust yourself. And once we have that, then many men where it is, is, okay, now what skill are you lacking communication uh, or whatever it is then to begin layering upon that because now you will feel more confident to embody that person. So many men just have a very challenging time at first speaking in a more uh, affirmative or direct way of looking at life you know there's uh passive passive aggressive aggressive and then there's assertive or direct the goal yes. is to be assertive and direct the other ones are some sort of confrontation either you're you're a tyrant or you're on your knees both are not great places to be it's how can i speak from an empowered place and also too in a place where i am not over speaking, I am very, being very clear. I'm being very curious and open. Yet I am not here to just give you a bunch of fluff and or slip in undertones of aggression that are completely unnecessary and deconstructive. Right, and that it sounds like to me that there's people on your team or a system there in place to hold them accountable to some of the framework. Correct. 
Oh, very much. You know, we spent so much time uh, just having, you know, what I really love to do is have people just tell me what's going on in your life. And I ask them as they're doing it to write it down on a, a Google Doc. And we look at it together and we say, look at this life that you are writing, writing, right? You're, you, you live your life. Many of us live our life, first of all, not knowing that we are the writer of our story. Hmm. Um, right. And then secondly, uh, many people don't look at themselves as the main person in the story. They look like they're the extra in the movie, the guy that just blows by in the camera, but you are, you know, the, the movie star of the movie. And then you get to be the writer and director. We play three roles in the movie. That is our life. And until you first see yourself as the hero, then you begin writing yourself as the hero. And then you could direct yourself as the hero. Right. I love that. So it sounds like to me when you're walking home after doing those three burpees, that's when you oh, finally, God. yeah, that's, that's when the <laughs> moment was. And you're like, all right, I'm the hero because I'm going to, I'm going to win. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it for myself. Yes. Then, you, then from there, you started writing. You changed the narrative. You took the pen. You took, you took control of your life. Said so yes. And it doesn't have to sometimes for, people it doesn't have to be a huge like accomplishment you just need to move it just that little bit and yes. then once your mind goes holy shit i can do this now you start coming up with a little bit more solutions on how you can do that again and it's just you start you start working on those reps so the accountability with you you're from my way of understanding, and I know that how I feel about this, but I would like to hear from you. The, is it when you develop this program and develop this is also to serve the community and it does help with you not going to these punk ass people and getting upset. But it sounds like to me that this is your way of indirectly of holding yourself accountable and not falling back into that negative cycle as well. Oh man, it would, it would agree thing is a hundred percent this is uh for me the the what makes a man a man versus a boy is boys are selfish men are selfish with accommodation Ooh. Ooh. so i am this is a hundred percent selfish i'm not afraid to say it this is about me in a constant journey of uh, growing internally, which is usually a constant state of shedding, not adding. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. And, right. And also, too, then uh, it helps me stay accountable. And then me, me be staying uh, by me staying accountable to me, I'm actually able to be a better guide and accommodate a greater community and actually help people grow, you know, and even to show up better for my family and my son and all those good things, too. Right. Walt, me, how old's your son now? A year and a half. Year and a half. I know that we, we last. I think it was. Um, I obviously have a young daughter, so I was. I knew it was close. Um, the that's a big thing. I mean, it's in on top of this with you achieving all the things you've achieved internally. I'm not talking about just as in externally and all the things that all the people that you're helping. That's just going to make you a better father overall. You're now you're you're not going to raise a boy to a man with proclivities 
that potentially you have acquired over the years because of what, you know, situation, right? So, mm -hmm. and that's how I look. And I've actually said this in a couple of interviews that people ask me like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this for? And they always want to ask that question, but they're asking the wrong question. Like you, what you should be asking me, you know, this is just the outcome. This is where I'm at right now. Currently, I didn't start off saying I'm going to do X, Y, Z, this where I'm at presently. Right now, only thing that matters, like my past is, is an illusion. My future, I can create from my decisions and choices I'm making today from changing my narrative, changing my perspective and holding myself accountable. I'm not working as hard as I'm working on myself, not for other things, for myself, because my daughter's opinion of me when she's 39 years old is why I'm working as hard as I am. Yes. Because I'm going to be more of a powerful tool to help her and guide her on not making some of the decisions that I have made or the society has made or whatever that might be on her understanding that you don't have to be controlled by, I guess you would say, by men that have money and you being submissive, you have your own money. Cause I'm going to teach you that by the way that you're going to conduct yourself in a way. And you're knowing how to be a more conscious of the energy level and being intuitive, those things, you know, and it's, and I'm not sure it's different for you. And that's why I want to open up to you because it's different for a boy to a girl, but it's really not. If you look at it the way that it's the core and it's a foundation you build upon, right? If you have a faulty foundation, you can't build a building on top of that. Um, I live in Canary Wharf. There's a lot of major skyscrapers around me. I live in one, right? So there's another one going up right next door. There's You can't build a huge building on a surface. You have to dig all the way down to a core or at least at a point to where it's sustainable and you can build off one and you start laying solid crown creek and like steel and everything else and they build a huge skyscraper. So. Yes. That's the foundation on why we're doing that because we're going all the way down to the core. That's yeah. how you can, that's how it's a, it's, a, it's a compound effect. I mean, have you really sat down and thought about like some of the, you're probably already doing it now from, from me knowing you. Have you thought about like some of the ways that you really want to communicate on how you show up for your son so that way you're leading by example first? Yes. Oh, man, what a great question. So uh, first and foremost, uh, what I've learned and believe about parenting is men, uh, the father role is the first relationship of a child. And what we do is we represent the external world. A baby uh, does not have a distinction between them and their mother usually. They believe that they're the same person that they come from, and that's why the, the mother is the nurturing internal dialogue that more than likely a lot of people keep, but how people, how we learn how to react to the world that's around us is usually from your father. That's the first relationship that you have. So he represents the external and that's the world. That's nature. That's how they look at nature, boy, girl, whatever you have. And so that's really key. The other thing is I really spent a lot of time, you know, doing my inner work. And once I let go of my father's methods, I love yeah. the lessons. 
Wow. And one of the biggest lessons my father tried to teach me through, you know, what most people would categorize as abuse with the method was being bold and living an inspiring life. Mm -hmm. And so I do my very best to show up as a man, make choices that are bold and inspiring to me. And then I trust by the way I model bold and inspiring that my son will model and grow into that. And that will be the life that he knows and embodies. Right. Wow. What a powerful answer. I've asked people in a similar way, of course, insert attitude and in, in tone and situation and experience. And that was a really profound answer. I loved what you said about your father. Um, like, uh, sounds like we were raised similar with uh, the type of framework. Um, sure. I, I grew up difficult. I grew up hard. I grew up hard, right? But I, I never feared punishment. I feared the way that I felt like I was un wasn't in control. I guess you would say, and, and I, I couldn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I wasn't trying to protect myself. I was trying to protect my sister or my mom or my older sister at the time or people around me, but um, because I knew it was going to happen because I didn't want to be taken there. My dad wasn't a, wasn't a bad father. I learned a lot of great things from my father, but what he learned from his father. So it wasn't your father's fault. You see what I'm totally. saying? It, it, but you have to come to that acceptance. Yes. Right. And then that's the, it, some people have this just naturally, but being, you know, being a little bit more empathetic of not feeling sorry for them, but consoling their pain. Yes. I know you didn't mean to do this to me. I know that you didn't mean to punish me. I know you didn't mean to speak to me this way that I learned indirectly on how to express my emotions in a negative light, because that was my way of, of, like, I guess you would say getting people's attention that I'm about to fuck you up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and like, you know, putting like, I would say crazy stuff to get their attention. Like, all right, listen, that's a warning. That's a warning shot. But the warning shot should have been, would have been more powerful. Me going, all right, I understand the situation. And if I don't understand the situation, let me see it from their point of view. Mm -hmm. And then you'll under, you'll have, then you can kind of, you're not reactive anymore. You're, you're, you're in a, you're in a, a creative part of your brain and, and you're, you're looking for, you're looking for the pattern. So now what you've done is you gave your book and e that, that ego, a book, cause they can't read. You gave, gave him a book and he kept the ego busy. Yeah. Now you're not going to be reactive in a situation. So that was the hardest thing that I think I've ever had to learn for myself. And I, I did. I didn't do it for any other reasons other than for myself, Angelo. Selfish but accommodation, brother. Right. It's I love the dance. this. You know, that's the real thing. Is we learn things, we choose to learn things, and then it winds up trickling down into our relationships, into our business, and and all of that good stuff. And to bring it back to a point you just said is um, the real path to advancement begins with acceptance. And I I prefer to use the word grace, which I yeah. define as loving acceptance. Yeah. You I don't like just, too. right. You don't just accept it. You love, you love 
you love how it is or how it was. And then grace moves into gratitude, which is loving thankfulness. Love this, man. Powerful. And then there could be advancement. You can't just do your way out of these things. Wow. You must ex- have give them grace, give them gratitude, and then we can move out of them. That's one word that a lot of people overlook and don't talk about enough. And and I'm very fortunate and blessed that you're able to articulate that and communicate that over to the listeners because they, they think they need to jump from one to the other side and just being, you know, I need to be grateful for things. Well, it starts with, you know, that grace. I love that, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. When did you come to that realization? Uh, a lot of this understanding is how I have interpreted my growth and also, too, the study of uh, jo- a lot of Joseph Campbell's work, uh, Hero with okay. uh, 10,000 Faces, just really understanding the hero's journey. And that here you go. This is the best way to say it. That moment that I cried, I gave myself grace. Yeah, I that, that, that was my next, that was my next, but that was, I was alluding to that. Okay. I was, but I wasn't trying to like, I didn't know where I was going to go with it, but I knew that it had to have been at that moment. You know, yes. I want to keep going back to that moment. And some people will go like, well, I keep touching on this pain point. It's not a pain point. That's an, but that's it. That's a, a hero, a heroic moment in your life. It's not a pain point. That's a heroic moment. Right. And if anyone thinks it's a, that it's heroic, they're technically sort of in a victim or underworld, underground state still. They haven't moved to acceptance, which is the first yeah. step. Or, right. you know, like I was saying, grace is okay. This is where I'm at. I'm going to cry right now and feel empathy and feel this moment fully. Right. And then I'm going to be grateful for it because without that cry and without that moment, I wouldn't have ever known to grow and be better. And then I could advance because then it's not holding me back or I'm doing it out of rebellion. I'm doing it out of connection and love. Wow. And when you have it there, good luck trying to lose. You can't. It's impossible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible because you're, it's not a win or lose for you. It's just getting better and trying to serve more. Yes, I hear a lot of this shit when I when I when I have conversations, and I I haven't been on like really clubhouse just because you you hear a bunch of these people talk. I oh, I'm here to serve. No, you're here to serve the people that you're trying to sell to. That's yes. not serving. Serving is just doing it for no return on investment at all. You're just doing it and just to raise the, I guess the other person's awareness of what's actually happening within their life. Yes. And that's the greatest gift that you can give anybody. And it's a gift that keeps giving because you went from being graceful and focusing on grace and loving and then moving over to now being grateful. Like I'm grateful for good and bad. I'm grateful yes. for everything. I'm grateful that I had this conversation with you. I'm grateful for every conversation I have with you because when I'm having conversations with you, you're we're tuned into that station. You got it's it. a, it, you know, we don't have to go, to another place to meet you where you are. We're already right there where we are, you know? And that's, and I love that you, man, this has been such a, I wish I can go longer with this conversation. I know that we'll have future conversations, so I'm not going to be upset about it, but for the listeners, 
I know that you have your communities, you have this things podcasters say, but I don't really like to go into that. We'll put it all into the show notes. But so if I want, I want to, I want to finish up with this one question. So if there's a listener tuning into this, that we maybe perhaps we shine a light on an area of, of opportunity for them to have that focal point moment and having enough's enough. And they are still trying to hold back on letting go of that negative emotion that can turn into a power, powerful emotion for them. And if you are in their earbuds, like say for instance, walking home and they, they're trying to suppress it. They're trying to, they're running away. They're, they're going to self-sabotage themselves and not going to love themselves. If you can reach that one person and deliver a message, what would you say? On the, on the other side of every thing that makes you uncomfortable is clarity and resolution. And so lean into it because that's the signal. Wow. Wow. Would you wish you would have heard that? I, what I would have wished of is to learn how to lean into my uncomfortabilities at a younger age with a smile instead of anger and a frown. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Gosh, man. I um, I was just having a similar... Man, it's so funny when I get on these... these you know, I'm obviously having great conversations with people. I'm like, man, I'm just talking about something similar to this. I, I, that was something that I wouldn't say I wish I... But I'm grateful for the good and bad of me not knowing because I went through the journey and gotten here and I'm more grateful for it now. But man, it's like leaning into that adversity and leaning in and shedding and shedding those layers. Like I look at situations now, I don't use any emotion. I, I kind of laugh. I have a funny relationship with God. So if my mom's listening to this, then she listens to a lot of stuff. So sorry for the, the curse words, mom. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we were Italian. So we, we talk a lot. But anyway, I am but, too, mom. Yeah, so it's all good. <laughs> It's all good. We say a lot of things, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna say it's a sin. It's a sin, ma. I know, but um, oh, okay. but I but she'll probably hear me because I have a funny relationship with God because I like I I talk to him like he's my friend and he is right. So, but I say some crazy stuff. I'm like, man, I know what you're doing. I see it. I know what you're doing, man. I got you. I know what you're trying to. Do. You're trying to trick me. Trying to see if I'm ready for the next level. But I got your ass today. You know, yep. I'm like, I got you today. You can try me today, and I appreciate the lessons, and I appreciate the hardship, and I appreciate the resistance. Yes. I appreciate the resistance of you not wanting to give me what I deserve. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to push through this. Yes. I'm going to push through this. I, I just need to – you give me a sign and let me know I'm on the right path, and that's resistance. So mm -hmm. I'm grateful for resistance because he yes. lets me know I'm ready for the next level, but he wants to test me. Resistance so, is God's way of giving you a chance to answer the call. Yeah. And either you lean into the resistance and pick up the phone or you hit that do not disturb button and there you go. You'll stay exactly where you are. Right. Man. Wow. Love this, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate our conversations. I pre I recognize who you are without you even opening your mouth. And I'm sure your, your amazing community does the same and, and they're very grateful for it. But I look forward to all the conversations that we're going to have in the future. 
you know, I would love to have you join a community. Um, and you know, that way we're able to communicate a lot more and just so, so much we're, you know, doing with Winject studios is a hundred percent free community. We're figuring out the community first, giving first, helping them be aware of the possibilities and the growth side of tapping them in and plug them into the right network. So it's going to be beautiful, man, but I appreciate you. Um, just any last words. That this is the only beginning of our dance, my beautiful friend. I look forward right. to many more times of us being together and serving each other's communities and serving each other as best we can, my fellow king. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. What a beautiful message. Guys, y'all be well, be you, be great. Appreciate Thanks you. Thanks for being, thank you for having me here, brother. Much love. Awesome.